Where are all my lady listeners at? Because I am talking to you. Is your time of month an easy breezy situation? Or are you like me and for about a week before your period starts, all you want to do is stay in bed and also eat anything and everything. Or maybe you're experiencing the joys of menopause or that sneaky bee perimenopause. Well then ladies, you've got to try Hormone Harmony. Hormone Harmony is made by the Happy Mammoth Company, which I've been a big fan of for a while now. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called aptogens. Now, here's the beauty about aptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold like hot flashes, night sweats, racing thoughts, low moods, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed with someone. You know what I mean? Yes. Hormone harmony can help with all those things. And the biggest benefit is feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code CLINK at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use code CLINK for 15% off today. CLINK CLINK ladies. Fun fact, listeners. Actually, not so fun fact. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. So Blue Land set out to do something about it by eliminating the need for single-use plastics in the products we reach for the most. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that look great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. It's really a game changer because it's such a space saver in my crazy life. No more bulky bottles of liquid filling up my cabinets and my Costco cart. I love it. And you will love this. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this. blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash clink to get 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime Monday time. Yeah. Happy day. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Or whatever day we're recording, but happy, happy it is. I had a real shit tennis game today, so I am kind of in a bad mood, actually. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) To be quite honest with you. Well, in today's, you know, climate with the whole, you know, global pandemic situation, I think that if your biggest problem is your tennis game, Tabby, you're doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing really good, actually. So you're doing pretty good. I'm just telling you guys, because I know that, you know, you're not going to judge. Oh, okay. I'm going to judge about your new pet, Jupiter. Tell the listeners. And I feel like maybe you didn't have a good night because maybe you had a rough night's sleep because you're looking (laughs) a little worse for wear right now. (laughs) No, it's because I played like shit. Okay. How was Jupiter? Jupiter is our new foster pet. If you haven't been on our Facebook or Instagram or our Patreon, you probably don't know this, but we are fostering a sugar glider. Also, if you don't know what a sugar glider is, it looks like a rat that flies, has bat wings. It looks like a flying squirrel, basically. No. No? I disagree. I would say maybe a flying possum. Well, that's what they are. They're basically flying possums. Okay. But they're tiny. So my daughter put a 14-page presentation on why she should have a sugar glider and somebody in Texas had one to needed fostering (laughs) needs to give away. But, you know, I'm not into the caged animals. I, especially ones that need to like fly and jump and glide. So I'm like deep in my heart. I don't like that fact of it. Right. Like I wouldn't. I was going to say, so what are you going to do about that? Let it just fly all over the house because then I'm never coming over. No, because it piss and shit everyone. No, I'm not going to do that. No. And the only way reason, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just like, you know, telling myself that this thing is, it's not like I got it from a breeder or yeah, I'm seeking okay. out you, a baby. Yeah, sure. So I'm yeah. making myself yeah. feel better about having yeah, we, this We all do that. We make animal. deals with ourselves. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's actually going fine now. The thing barked all night the first night and it is not doing that anymore. So what'd you do? Give it some CBD? I should. No, <laughs> no you can't do that. They no. got it. They, they live. They're up all night. They're here for the action. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's good. He's real cute. He's super sweet. You know, we had a little poll going on because Gretchen thinks I should just get a dog like hers. I have two dogs. They're great, too. I have but two they're cats. not as good as mine. And the poll clearly showed our listeners agree. I know. You guys, my dogs are actually better than yours. They don't run away. I don't have to chase them down the street. Listen, there's pros and cons about all (laughs) of our animals. That is my dog's one fault, but she makes up for it in other areas. Okay. 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 All right. How's the homeschool? (laughs) It's going good, huh? I didn't even homeschool my kids yesterday because my house was such a disaster. So I put on some of those learning shows on TV. It was like, this is it. No Ryan's mystery kid. Do you know who that kid is? Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate to say anything negative about a child, but I could do without that one. Okay. Any of you home moms know what I'm talking about. I don't get it. I don't like my kids thinking they're going to get rich off opening toys, but they are fascinated with this kid. I know. And he is making a bazillion dollars. I read he made like $30 million last year. I mean, we are doing something really wrong. And his parents, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> you guys. I don't I don't know, need- man. And I am going to because I need to justify things. I'm going to make them do like double time work today oh. after we're done recording. So don't think I'm just laxing on the homeschool. No, I don't think so. But if you guys want to help us get closer to Ryan's roses or whatever it is. <laughs> um, Ryan's roses, that's Ryan's you loser. I know. You could tell your friends about us so that we can, you know, have a couple more listeners. Oh, my gosh. And join our Patreon. Our Patreon this week is off the chain. It is. So, you guys, we have a very special guest on our Patreon that's going to tell us all about the swinging lifestyle since we were real fascinated in that Fayetteville episode. Is that right? That's right with Michelle Thier. Uh Actually, swinging, I feel like, has made its way into the conversation a couple of times. It has. And so we just kind of were curious minds want to know. And our friend Amy decided to give us all the tea. She spilt it all. So if you guys want to listen and know things that I'm sure you didn't know, unless you, if you're like us, are a swinger. So she's on this Thursday, bright and early. Download the Patreon that. app. Yeah. And she Housewives of True Crime. You guys. Five bucks a month. She's a disco biscuit. Oh, yeah. So I think you'll like what she has to say. Anyways, I cannot wait to hear what Gretchen has to say today because she is bringing us a story I am fascinated by. That's right. Good golly, Miss Molly. Let's tell it. Good golly, Miss Molly. Okay, tell it. Okay, Tab, today I am going to tell you about the infamous case of Miss Molly Bloom. She's been called the Poker Princess. Her story is so fascinating that Aaron Sorkin made an Oscar-nominated movie about it, which I, of course, watched. And I know you have, too. It's really good. It's so good. But I also read her book along with lots of other interviews. So I think even if you have seen the movie, there is still some juice to this story that's worth giving a squeeze. So here we go. Molly grew up in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, Loveland is a little north of Denver. She grew up in a family of overachievers. Molly and her brothers were all stellar students and competitive skiers. They had one of those fathers that pushed his kids as much as he could to their potential. And I didn't. Did you? Maybe I didn't have any potential. No? I think I had lots of potential. Yeah. I just didn't use it. Yeah. I wasn't also given some opportunities that I think I, you know, I just wasn't in the right place at the right time, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was pushy and it paid off. Molly and one of her brothers made it to the Olympic trials, but sadly, Molly ended up eating shit in a real tragic skiing accident that ended her skiing career. Her brother made it to the Olympics and got the gold and then got drafted to the NFL. And the other brother. Oh, and he's. I didn't know this. Oh, and he's smoking hot. Oh, hot. What's his name? She has two brothers. I think his name is Jeremy Bloom. Okay. Yeah. Look him up right now. He's hot. Anyways, the other brother is a heart surgeon. So he did pretty good too, right? Yeah, these people are really ambitious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so although Molly's professional skiing gig was over, she had her summa cum laude degree in political science to fall back on. So she was all right. She was law school bound. But since she had been pushing it so hard her whole life, she just wanted to take a little time off before law school and live somewhere warm for a change. She had visited L.A. with a boyfriend before and loved it. And she had a friend from the ski team that said she could stay on his couch. And so she packed up her car with her beagle named Lucy. What? Best no way. Yes. Gretchen I had, had a basset a... hound. Oh, yeah, you Lucy, had a basset hound. But home. people always confuse beagles for bassets. Yeah. But I do think Lucy is the best dog name ever. You get to say, Lucy, I'm home. Like every day. <laughs> I did that every day. That's awesome. Yeah. Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, she packed up the dog, headed out west with about $2,000 she had saved and no real plan. So Molly got a job as a cocktail waitress at a swanky lounge and got to see up close how entitled people in the business get the business. whatever they want, whatever, like the whatever they want. The Hollywood business you're talking the about. The Hollywood business. Yes. <laughs> yes. They get whatever they want, however they want it in the city of angels. You can verify this is true. Molly was true. fascinated. By this difference in culture, the L.A. VIP scene is a far cry from Colorado. One of these VIPs took an interest in her. Molly is a total disco biscuit and, you know, extra smart. And not an aspiring model or actress. Those are few and far between. So this real estate developer convinced her to come work as his assistant during the day. She did. And she was a great assistant, of course. She had to take a lot of shit from this guy. He was very demanding, calling her at all hours of the day and super demeaning, calling her stupid, which I think is oh, the worst. Which, which is stupid. <laughs> like Yeah, which is stupid. Yeah. So he did stuff like that, but Molly hung in there. She felt like she could learn a lot from this guy. And one of Molly's superpowers is that she checks her ego at the door and does not take shit personally, especially she, from grown men who throw tantrums. Yeah. This is, this skill is because she was a athlete that had to take shit all the time and be put down and told to like get better. 100%. Yes. She has a lot of, you'll see throughout the story, her forethought is very impressive. Also, she is a master of de-escalating situations, which we could use a lot more of. Oh my God, like, seriously. Right now. I mean, she really, really, when I put myself in her position, I think, I don't, know if I would have made that decision, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one day this said boss, who is not named by Molly in the book, but is named by plenty of other sources as being Darren Feinstein, took her to the famed sunset hotspot, the Viper Room. Mm. 
He told her he had just become part owner and the place should be profitable, but he thinks it's not because the employees are stealing and he wants her to kind of infiltrate them and find out what the fuck is going on before he fires them all. So Molly does this. I mean, she's she's up front with the group. She manages to win the group of employees over by telling them, hey, I've worked in the service industry, so I want to know what's going on so I can save your jobs. She kept notes of everyone that was hostile to her and those that weren't and just handed over her analysis to Feinstein. And he was so impressed that he gave her another job. He wanted her to host his weekly poker game in the back room of the Viper Room. Darren had a handful of celebrity friends, along with like executive entrepreneur types that had the means to play high stakes cards. He gave Molly his contacts and Miss Molly could not believe that night of the first game she would be hosting stars like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire, along with some other major Hollywood moguls. Side note, this was around 2003 and Tobey Maguire's then girlfriend, who eventually became his ex-wife, was Jennifer Meyer. Jennifer Meyer's father was a real big deal in La La Land because he co-founded the CAA agency, which is major. And then he became the COO of Universal until he resigned in 2020 following some sexual misconduct allegations. So in 2003, Jennifer Meyer was not the mega successful jewelry designer that she is now. I mean, if you haven't heard of her you can go on her Instagram. She's got, she's friends with all the big celebrities. Jennifer Aniston, they all follow her. They love her. But in 2003, she had to have been like 20. Yeah, so she was really young. And so she yeah. wasn't this successful. She was, Her and Toby weren't even married yet. But so I found this article. I just thought it was so interesting because look, you know, look at her now. Yeah. In the New York Post that said in those early days of the poker game, Toby hosted it at his house and Jennifer was the dealer. Oh, Everyone that played was encouraged to tip her. The game didn't last long at Toby's house, though, because he is a devout vegan and couldn't stand the guys ordering stuff like pepperoni pizza to be delivered to his house. (laughs) He, He also apparently made everyone lose their shoes and slip on some Crocs before they entered. No. Yeah. Yeah, so I can see why it didn't work out long term. When I think of poker, I don't think about vegan snacks and Crocs. I think of the back room, you know, at the Viper room being way more appealing. I just thought that was... That's funny. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Molly is hosting the game. She has a cheese plate and a poker table and kept track of the money. Molly immediately saw that there was an opportunity here. It's not every day you get to be in a room with such powerful people. And she also figured out right away the appeal of poker to these men was that everything is handed to them all the time. And this was not an easy win. Poker is a game of skill, not chance. And that is what they craved. 
Mm-hmm. At the end of the night, her boss, Darren, told everyone Molly would host the game every week. And if they wanted to be invited back, they should tip her. At the end of the night, Molly pocketed $3,000. Nice. Yeah, she was ecstatic. Molly took her money and gave herself a makeover. She also up the cheese platter and paid attention to what the guys like. If Toby craved some random vegan dish, she made it appear. Seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> the guys. Crunchy seaweed. <laughs> the guys appreciated her attentiveness in the form of her growing tips. Even though Molly was killing it with the game, she still had to be Darren's office bitch during the day. He told her she couldn't have both. For someone with Molly's drive, this wasn't a problem. So the poker game at the Viper Room with a 10K buy-in becomes the hottest ticket in town. You had to go through Molly, and she was real smart about who she put at the table together, like factoring in personalities, skill levels. You know, she had to keep it kind of an even playing field. Toby McGuire was a regular, but other celebs like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck periodically had seats at the table. She tells this story in the book that one night, Rick Solomon, you know, that guy who was like with Shannon no. Dory and he married Pamela Anderson a couple times. Oh, no. He is in the sex tape with Paris Hilton. Oh, yes, yes. And he sold it. <laughs> of course, for seven, that's, how I, that's how I He sold it for $7 million. Oh, my God. I remember yeah. that. He's kind of okay. an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, he sounds like kind of an asshole. So he's playing cards and Ben Affleck walked in and Rick said, hey, was that J-Lo ass nice or was it all cellulite? (laughs) And apparently Ben said, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently it like broke the tension. Like he's just you can imagine he's just kind of like this crass guy who will just Mm -hmm. say anything. I don't understand how he gets so many women, but whatever. Anyways, so Molly describes Toby as the best player and the worst tipper. He is a real piece of work, actually. First, he demanded that they use his shuffle master machine to ensure that it was a completely random deal. Mm -hmm. The thing with the shuffle master, that actually seems fair. These machines cost around $15,000. They use them Whoa. in Vegas. So, it, I mean, it's legit. He was renting it to her in the beginning for $200 a night. I mean, it just seems like kind of stupid. Why does but he whatever. just give it to her to use? Know. Because he's that guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that guy. I know. Isn't he? What was he in that Harry Potter or something? No, he was in Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. Some some other shit. But he's like, you know, he's got that little man syndrome or something. He totally does. Molly thought the whole shuffle master thing was pretty petty, but she agreed. Yeah. Then he started asking a lot about how much money she was making in tips. Like, why do you care, dude? He was the player who made the most money at the game consistently. And Molly could not figure out why did he care. As far as I can tell... It's just because of like some like boys club mentality bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. he just did. He just wanted to be the only one killing it. He wanted to keep her in a place. He just wanted to cut her down. One night 
he made a big deal about how he would give her a $1,000 chip to bark like a seal. Oh, my God. And then he said things like, oh, no. Oh, you're too rich now to bark like a seal, Molly? I hate that guy. I've worked for that guy. I had this guy. Like, I was, you know, right after college, I got this job. Real quick, I'll tell you a story. And I didn't have a lot of money, right? But I would, I start, like, I got a job making, like, decent money. But, you know, when you're paying all your bills and you're trying to get your, like, apartment and all that shit, some fucking douchebag older guy that I worked with was like, hey, I'll give you $100 if you eat this hot sauce. But it was like the sauce that makes the hot sauce. And he knew it was like way too hot for anybody to eat. Okay. And I fucking did it. Mm -hmm. And I started throwing up all over the place. It was at a restaurant, by the way. And the owner of the restaurant got so nervous that I was going to have to go to the hospital because it was like that bad. They were like real scared for me. And he was totally that guy too. Like what an asshole. What an asshole. Take advantage of a situation like that. Yeah. So yeah, Toby's the same, it's the same type. It's so Toby's the same so type. Stupid. So Molly wouldn't bark like a seal. And Toby left that night pissed. But Molly was smart enough to know that she couldn't let him belittle her like that or she would lose the respect of the other players. Mm. But she had to throw him a bone. She said she knew that he was a huge Obama supporter. And when he posed a bet that Obama would get the nomination over Hillary, she took the bet for $10,000 being almost, I mean, I guess she's not team lady, but almost 100% sure that she would lose the bet, but knowing that she had to keep his precious ego basically in check. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll take that bet knowing I'm going to lose. You know, you're the big smart man, Toby. Right? Mm-hmm. One of the other regular players in the game was a guy named Brad Ruderman. He earned himself the nickname Bad Brad because he was so bad at poker. Molly watched him lose (laughs) hundreds of thousands at the table every week, but he was always a nice guy about it, and he was always good for the losses. Molly tracked the money, and sometimes the men ended up having to write checks to each other at the end of the night, if that's, you know, how it shook out. Why? Because they didn't bring enough cash? Right. Okay. So Molly noted how friendly... Which, just take note of that, because that means there's a paper trail. So Molly noted how friendly Bad Brad, the hedge fund manager, got with everyone. And she kind of figured he kept showing up because losing fifty dollars or $100,000 in a night was nothing compared to the business accounts that he was acquiring just by being at the table. I mean, I can see that. So it was working for him. Yeah, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Okay, so we will revisit Bad Brad Ruderman later. So after two years of being at her boss's, Darren's beck and call, she decided to go home to Colorado for Christmas. And of course, he called her and wanted her to figure out immediately why his cable was out. At the time, Molly was at a soup kitchen volunteering, which was her family tradition on Christmas Eve. And she was short with Darren for once. 
She couldn't take it anymore. And despite all the backlog shit she had put up with for now two years, he fired her for it. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language. So I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm, I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is, you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay. The, our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Molly could give a shit about the office job, but she was stressed out about losing the game. Mm -hmm. So she came up with a plan. She had been dreaming of taking the game to the next level, and so she took a big risk. Behind Darren's back, she texted all of the players the game was moved to a fancy Beverly Hills hotel suite. And when they got there, she told them she would be hosting the game in suites every week, and if they wanted to join her, great. And if their loyalty was to Darren, then they could go back to the Viper room. No hard feelings. But they didn't go back. These men love the decadence that Molly provided. Yeah, they want the snacks. 
Oh, yeah. And <laughs> she got in contact with all their assistants. So she had every cigar, caviar, scotch, diet Snapple, whatever their jam was, mm-hmm. she had it waiting for them. So how did Darren, the boss, react to Molly taking the game over on her own? Did how do you know? think? Did he, he knew about it? Oh, yeah. He knew, he yeah. found out right away. Yeah. Surprisingly, well, he called her and said he was proud of her and that all that time she spent watching him, she had learned something. Interesting, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe now the Viper Room was making money and he didn't really need the poker players at his club. Well, he was still, he plays the game. So, so was he way, going over there too? Yeah. So he stayed in good oh. graces and attended her games. Oh, okay. Okay. So Molly's game, at this point, Molly's game becomes legendary and she runs a real tight ship. She consulted with a lawyer to make sure she wasn't breaking any laws and what she needed to do to cover her own ass. She hired playmates to serve the men drinks. She had everyone sign NDAs that worked for her. She did background checks on everyone. She paid her taxes and she paid attention to the players' needs beyond just like Toby's vegan snacks and the guy's favorite squatch, favorite scotch. If the <laughs> squatch, <laughs> squatch, yeah. If they mentioned a restaurant, or a club, she would get them a reservation. If their side piece wanted some new handbag, she would discreetly get it to them. She was smart enough to realize that to keep them around, they had to grow kind of dependent on her. Because really, anyone could do what she was doing, but she wanted to make sure that no one could do it as well. See, she's smart. She's smart. Yeah, Yeah, she's real smart. So Molly was really living the dream. Not only was she making a killing hosting poker games, which she's doing it in this super glamorous fashion now. And one thing I personally, I didn't understand about, like, how is this legal? Well, it's legal because anyone can host a poker game as long as you're not taking what they call a rake, a percentage of the game. And she wasn't. She was just taking tips. So it's all on the up and up. But it's also kind of playing with fire a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like crime adjacent. Okay, so she also had an amazing boyfriend with a family that she loved. His name was Drew McCourt. Amongst other things his family owns, they own the Dodgers. Oh. Yeah. So does uh, Magic Johnson. He's their, like, part owners. Oh, yeah. Well, so this was like 2005-ish. So I don't know what the, you know, the skinny is. Okay. So they had kind of a whirlwind romance, whining and dining all over. And Drew knew about the game. But the fact that Molly never turned off her phone or was, you know, completely present was eventually too much for Drew. But Molly really loved him. And just didn't understand why, since she would never stand in the way of his career, why would he do that to her? Mm -hmm. 
She is just one of those nonstop business people with that drive that is usually reserved for men. It's balls, but I can see how that dynamic with two like-minded, driven people leads to failed relationships, which is why I think it's a good thing we're only like 25% driven. Tap. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah, because both of our husbands are the like nonstop business, know. you know, on the phone type where they, we couldn't do it. My husband sends me like a, a to-do list today. He's like, okay, 99 percenter, like you need to get this 100 <laughs> percent done. Like, shit, you and Gretchen Damn both. It. Yeah. <laughs> so Molly is heartbroken and she's about to get cut out of her own game that she has now been hosting for eight years. Toby, that gem, called her and told her the game has been moved to another player's house and there was no need for her to show up. He had hijacked her staff and poof, just like that, she was done. Basically, he told her this other guy didn't like her and the guy was a big fish that everybody wanted to play with. And so if he wanted to have the game without Molly, that's just the way it was. He called her while she was on the way to the prearranged suite, so it was too late for her to reach out to any of the players. She was hopeful that this was a one-time thing, but Toby called her later that night and told her she was so fucked. Everyone loved playing at this guy's house. Asshole. Molly would go on to learn years later that this guy actually had nothing to do with cutting Molly out. Toby... Had masterminded the whole thing. No way. Why does? Why did he have such a thing against her? Because he's a douchebag, and he can't stand someone else, you know, winning, so to speak. Okay. But Molly picked her ass up and took her fine self to New York City. She had made plenty of contacts there over the years and had heard the money in New York was next level. These Wall Street guys played games with a $250,000 buy-in, which was five times as much as her 50 k buy-in in her L.A. game. That's what it had grown to from 10000 So Molly brought her magic to New York and killed it exponentially. These guys were blown away by the level of decadence and sophistication Molly provided. She started hosting multiple games a week in New York City. How did she, she get her name out there, though, in New York? Like, how do people know to go to her poker game? Because that many, like enough people. Yes, because there was a rotating list of, you know, players. And, you know, I mean, people go back and forth from L.A. to New, New York. York. And yeah. yeah. And so she just all she had to do was contact a couple players. Okay. So she's living for the game, and she had this dreamy apartment in the sky, along with a chef, an assistant, a driver, and about $9 million in the bank. Holy shit. Molly's time as the hostess with the mostess in New York City was short-lived, though, about two years, for a couple reasons. Around this time, Molly was building her East Coast poker empire— 
things with the game in L.A. were getting pretty shook. Remember Bad Brad that I told you we were going to revisit? Well, it turns out he was running more of a Ponzi scheme than a hedge fund. Uh Oh. And the feds caught up with him. When Brad was in custody, he sang like a canary about losing $5 million in a poker game hosted by a temptress, Molly Bloom. Mm. Brad had name names, and the government had copies of those checks he had written to high-profile players, and so they were indicted. So although the game was legal, they went after the money because it was handed over under fraudulent circumstances, and they wanted to recoup it for Brad's victims. So Molly was deposed over this. She and the named men opted not to go to trial and to just pay the restitution in order to squash the story that they had all been playing high-stakes poker with the likes of some, like, Bernie Madoff wannabe. Yeah. This indictment, though, is the reason why we know who some of the men were that played in Molly's game. Molly has never named anyone that had not already been named publicly by Brad. Another factor that led to Molly's shutdown was that she got stiffed a couple times and she had to pay out of her own pocket. And so now she did the thing that turned the poker game into not so legal and was extra reckless. She took a, she, she took took a rake. A, like a rake. Yeah. She knows that she's kind of on the Fed's radar, too, at this time because of the deposition over the Brad Ruderman case. So she's taking a rake. She's playing with fire. The other factor that I imagine had Molly shaken in her Gucci boots was organized crime plays a big role in gambling in the city. And Molly had heard rumors that there were some people interested in talking to her about her business. But Molly just thought she could dodge them forever. She kept her game very discreet and moved it around hotels on the Upper East Side. And she naively thought that wise guys just don't make it to these parts. And she learned the hard way that they make their way to wherever the action is. Molly's driver, who she trusted, asked her to meet with some hedge fund guys interested in playing. As a favor to her driver, she took the meeting. When they walked into the bar at the Four Seasons where she was waiting, she knew right away these were not hedge fund guys. These were mobsters. (gasps) They propositioned her that if they would go into business with her and they would ensure that she never got stiffed again. So we all know what that means, right? They're going to take it up with violence. Okay. Molly declined because she knew that getting herself in bed with these guys would scare off players and kill the game. She was already taking a rake at this point, and so she didn't want to take any more legal risk. But after one of these guys knocked on her door and beat her up and (gasps) robbed her and let her know it wasn't a proposition that she had the option to decline, she learned what was up. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, very scary. After this encounter, Molly stayed in her apartment for 10 days, not wanting anyone to see her 
in her battered state. She waited for the phone to ring with the follow-up call from the mobsters asking if she was ready to talk business now. But the phone call never came. Two days after Molly was assaulted in her apartment, the feds did a huge organized crime sweep and arrested 125 connected members. And so she never heard from or saw those guys again. She just figured they were either Oof. locked up or lying real low. Lucky. But Super very, lucky, right? Very lucky. Oof. Either way, though, Molly knew it was time to get out of the game. So she decided to go out with a bang. She set up one week of huge games to recoup her losses, and then she had it in her head she was going to walk away. But it wasn't that easy because when she was about to leave her apartment, she got a text from one of her employees, don't come here, the feds are here. Oh. So she packed a bag and got on the first plane to Colorado she could. The always thinking Molly did something smart. Again, she booked a plane ticket on her credit card out of LaGuardia, and then she had her driver take her to JFK, where she paid cash okay. for a ticket. Yeah, because her lawyer told her, the feds are probably going to find you at the airport. Yeah. Like, there's, there's nothing illegal about you leaving, but they'll be waiting for you. Okay. Okay. I would not mm-hmm. have thought that. Would you have thought like that's smart? Okay. Her credit card worked, but she soon realized her account with the $9 million was frozen. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So she made it to Colorado and spoke to her lawyer who informed her the feds had frozen her account accounts to entice her to talk with them about some organized crime members she was involved with. So some of Molly's players had unknowingly to her been connected to the Russian mafia. Ew. Since Molly was fresh off her run with the Italian mafia who beat her up and also mentioned that they knew where her mother lived, she took a hard pass on cooperating with the feds and decided to write it out. Okay. She had movers pack up her apartment and put her belongings in storage. And she just lied low with her family for two years while more and more stories were being written about Bad Brad and the Hollywood elites that played legendary games of poker with him. They dubbed Molly the sultry poker princess. And one day they showed up at her door in Colorado the feds, with 17 agents to indict Molly on a RICO charge, which is total BS, right? Molly didn't have anything to do with organized crime racketeering. She was guilty of taking a rake, which is just not that big of a crime, legally speaking. No. No. I mean, certainly not worthy of 17 agents showing up at her door. But The feds were sick of waiting for Molly to talk, so this was a big show of intimidation. They knew Molly had goods on everyone, and she did. But 
she didn't really have what they wanted. She had text messages and information about, you know, like who was cheating on their wives, who lost big money. (laughs) Gossip is what she had, not, you know, who's shaking who down on the streets. She didn't she didn't have that. That wasn't her business. So Molly did not want to hand over this information because she knew it would ruin a lot of people's lives. And so she didn't. She went before a judge and pled guilty to the lesser charges against her related to gambling and awaited sentencing. And while she was awaiting sentencing is when she wrote the book, Molly's Game. And so the movie kind of picks up where the book left off which is when she was sentenced. And Mm -hmm. that part of the movie is pretty accurate. Well, it is accurate. In May 2014, the judge dismissed the RICO charges, and sentenced her to one-year probation, 200 hours of community service, and a $125,000 fine. Molly was able to finally get her money back, and she never had to betray anyone's confidence. Wow, that's like amazing, actually. It really is amazing. I mean, three years after being sentenced to that in federal court, she was sitting at the Oscars on top of her game all over again. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Today, Molly lives with her neuroscientist husband in Colorado. She does speaking engagements about, you know, picking yourself up after you fall and empowerment, blah, blah, blah. She got sober after her arrest. She had picked up a little pill habit in New York, and now she is a big advocate for the 12-step program. Okay. She is developing a social network and an app, and I'm sure she will be wildly successful at both. Yeah, she's a brilliant woman. The fact that she did this like alone, basically. Yeah, when she started all this, I want to say she was like 23 years old. Oh, my God. I just like... The confidence that you have to have, you know. Oh, yeah. HBIC. I mean, just to like go behind this man's back and just text all of these, you know, movie stars. I know. It's just like Like, incredible. Oh, no, we're going to do it my way. Yeah. She wasn't intimidated. And yeah, she's like a boss bitch for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's a whop on... Molly Bloom. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm glad she's not like in prison forever. No. No. And I, yeah, I'm glad she protected. But she did write the book and say who those people were. No, but she never named anyone that wasn't already named in the Brad Ruderman indictment. Oh, okay. That's why she didn't name her boss. That's why she didn't name her boss, but, I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out. Yeah. I mean. The difference in the movie and the book is, I mean, in the movie, Player X is Toby. And I don't think, I mean, he is like a dick in the movie. Mm -hmm. And they actually, in the movie, they make some Spider-Man joke. 
to like. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. To like call him out. He's so much more of a dick in the book. And then he also, is in the movie. Yes. And in the movie, she doesn't have any romantic life. And she did. She she dated a couple of guys during that time. She wasn't as completely laser focused on, you know, the game. Like they yeah, she had an like out, she was just, she had an yeah. outside life. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah. Thanks for that. No murder this week. It's coming. That, that's lifting my bad mood right up. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> Making me want to go to uh, the casino, play some poker. You know, I played poker once at the casino. Yeah. At the win. And there was not two seats for my husband and I to play together. So we went to separate tables. And when I won, I started cheering real loud for myself. And my husband like shot me like daggers. And he's like, you do not. You're you're stealing all of the people around you's money. It's not like just the house's money. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So he's like, you you know, poker face, keep it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's fun. And I also love to go. We go to Chicago to visit Sean's Italian family and they all play poker and it is real fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's some of the mob bosses. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Yeah. People are going to hate you for that. She's I'm just, just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I wanted to let everybody know that we are very thankful for our reviews. So if you haven't done so, please rate and review us and subscribe to Housewives of True Crime. So you get us every Monday. And you guys, like I said in the beginning, if you would tell a couple friends about us, that'd be awesome. And the first review I'm going to I'm going to talk about today is uh, one that asks us why we read our own reviews which we've been asked before. And really, we do it because we want to shout the people out. It's not like, you know, people like to hear their name and we like to uh, give our supporters support. So that's why we do it. Because, you know, when like Lulu120789 gave us a five star and says, clink, clink, that's really nice. And I want to tell Lulu, thank you. Clink, clink, Lulu. And... If you don't like that, then just end. Yeah, you could turn and, it off right now. Yeah, right now, turn it off. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. So okay. SMMGV Mac, that is the answer to that question. And we do, you were right. We talk for about seven or eight minutes. And if you also don't like that, then just fast forward and you'll start the story. There's also some music between so that, you know, when it's personal and when it's the story. So if you, yeah, but what I disagreed about that is that the story is only 30 minutes. So we actually talk a lot longer than that. And it, we can't just drag out a story longer. It's either there or it's not there for us to tell. Honestly, like I've listened to a ton. I mean, I've listened to a ton of podcasts, you guys. And there are some times where you're like, I don't really need to know what the weather was like in the one day that they walked across the street. Okay. So like they yeah, drag we don't do on that. these stories and we're just not, that's just not us. We're going to tell you the important details. We do all that dragging, reading, 
for you so that you can get a story delivered in 40 minutes or whatever. But I mean, we don't time it when we write it. I think we just... No, we don't. So sometimes it might be 30 minutes and sometimes it might be 50 minutes. I don't really give a shit what it is when I'm writing it because I just want to tell the part that I think is important in order to tell it, to tell it my way. I hate podcasts that drag it out just for the sake of dragging it out. Me too. It's not our jam. Yeah. So let me give some other shout outs to the people that want to hear them. KK Jones. Thanks so much. New favorite. Fun and witty. Jenna MT. Thanks, Jenna. I love you girls from Jam Jensen. Thank you so much. We are glad you found us too. New favorite podcast from Smiley Riley. She we from KW Ho Ho Who, something like that. And LMC5382. Thank you so much. Best podcast ever. All time favorite from Tyler. And I think we already read that one. So thanks, guys. One of our questions this week, we'll just do one question, was what other podcasts do we listen to? Well, I listen to Heather McDonald. Sometimes I listen to like Watch What Happens Live podcast. I don't really listen to any other crime podcasts because... Anymore. You used to. Anymore. I used to, but I don't anymore because I just don't... I don't... I just want to be organic. I don't want to pick up anything anybody else has to say or their opinion because people have done that to us and I don't... That's right. I don't like it. I don't think it's always intentional, but I think if you listen to a lot of what somebody says, then you start just saying it, you know? I mean, people tell us they say stuff like, that's bananas or, you know, like all the time now. It, I mean, it's not it's not intentional, but I just don't want to be guilty of doing that. Yeah. Right? So uh, we do listen to armchair experts sometimes. Yeah, that's uh, true. With Dax Shepard. I do listen to Joe Rogan when he has experts on. Yeah, me too. Like nutritional experts, stuff like that. I used to listen to this show called Criminal and another one called Death, Sex, and Money. I haven't listened to either of those in probably over six or eight months, but those I would, you know, I think was cool. You guys, Wendy, one of our favorite listeners, she suggested this podcast and it's a binger. I did it in like, I think one day it's called dying for sex. And I thought it was really good. So, and it's not a crime podcast. It's a life podcast, I guess, or a life and death podcast. I listen to XM, like XM radio. Oh yeah. You like Jeff Lewis. I love Jeff Lewis. And I listen to the news. Um, and then we also like uh, the Dallas Housewives one. Yeah, I listen to that one sometimes, too. You know yeah. what? I will definitely be listening to more podcasts as soon as my children go back to yeah, school. Really... I don't spend any like time in the car or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those are those are the ones that we're into. I know there's. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and we're thankful that you listen to ours. And For sure. now we just, I feel like we, our, our, all of our free time is like researching. <laughs> now, we are, now we have a job. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But we love it. We do. I know it's 
you know, Monday for the podcast, but it is Friday and it is a day that you're allowed to have a cocktail, Gretchy. So can you tell me um, what you're going to be drinking tonight? Because I'm kind of excited because I'm going to have a cocktail also. Oh, well, tequila. I'm out, but I'm going to go to the store. Oh, are you going to have a little ranch water? Yeah, basically I am. A little tequila, lime, soda. Mm -hmm. Tequila, lime, soda is called ranch water in Texas. It's not called that in Los Angeles yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Or at least I didn't see it because, you know. Oh, and congratulations. Los Angeles is open for outdoor dining. I think it's at 25% capacity though. Shit. I mean, that's got to feel like some sort of relief though for people that just want to like have a bite to eat outside. It is good for the people. I just... And for the restaurants. I mean, 25% capacity is still really low. It's not really good just from a numbers point of view. It's really not enough for them to... Make money. To make money. They need to up it to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's my two cents. Okay. Okay. Listen, I'm with you. I just want people to stay in business. Well, the numbers are going down. So we're... I mean, I think we're we're on a right path to successful life eventually. Anyways, clink, clink, guys. Clinks.